Thank you. I know the Bible is right. It's the Bible has the answers with Pastor Aaron B. Williams coming to you live every Wednesday at 7 p.m. and never had it so good gospel 107. Pastor Williams believes if you have a question, the Bible has the answers. Join us Wednesday on the show or at I Am Jesus Holy Ghost Church in Columbia, South Carolina, where service times are Tuesday night prayer at 7 p.m., Sabbath Friday service at 7 p.m., and Saturday Sabbath day service at 12 noon. Our motto is, it pays to serve God. Hit us up at IamJesusHolyGhostChurch.org. That's Pastor Aaron B. Williams, live on Never Handed So Good Gospel 107. Come on and get the Word of God at its highest level. Well, the Bible is right. The Bible is right. Glory to God. We thank God that the Bible is right. Amen. Thank God there's something on the earth that's right that we can depend on. Glory to God. Beside the living God, of course. Well, we thank God for the word of God tonight, saints of God. And uh, every Wednesday we're in Proverbs. God gives us the grace to be in Proverbs, and we sure appreciate that. Tonight we're considering Proverbs twenty-one twenty-six, but to but to understand it and for context, we have to read verse twenty-five. Okay, because if you read twenty-six, it says he coveteth greedily all the day long. Who is he? So we have to go up to twenty-five for context. Okay, so we're 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 going to consider twenty-one twenty-six. But we're going to start reading at 25. In the King James Version, it says, The desire of the slowful killeth him, for his hands refuse to labor. And then we get to verse 26, which is what we're considering tonight. And it says, He coveteth greedily all the day long. Who is it talking about? The slothful man. Okay? He coveteth greedily all the day long, but the righteous giveth and spareth not. The righteous giveth and spareth not, beloved. Well, it starts off by saying that is Proverbs twenty one twenty six starts off by talking about he coveteth greedily. And I looked up, of course, I got the concordance out and looked up the word coveteth. And it's number 183 in your Strong's Concordance, and it means to greatly desire, to lust after. So when someone covets something, they have a great desire for it, or they have an overwhelming lust for something. And you remember that Jesus said in Luke 12:15, Luke 12:15. Jesus said, take heed and beware of covetousness, for a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesseth. Now, Jesus said, take heed and beware of covetousness. You know, when I was a young Christian, I didn't understand what all this meant. But I did understand when Jesus said, when he would say, beware of something. I might not knew what that something was, 
but I knew it was important because when the Lord said to beware of something, that means that thing is dangerous. That means that thing is to be watched out for. Amen. And in Luke twelve fifteen, he said, take heed and beware of covetousness for a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesses. Years later, years later, I started to become aware of the dangers of covetousness. And one day, Jesus' words hit me with such a force when he said, take heed, take heed, and be aware of covetousness. Why did he say be aware of covetousness? Because greatly desiring something can turn into greed. And greed can turn into lusting. And then lusting can draw the spirit of covetousness, which will take your life. Amen? Which will take your life. When the spirit, when Jesus said, beware and take heed of covetousness, whoa, he was not the Lord Uh, You know, he doesn't fool around. When he tells you to be aware of something and take heed and look out for it, take heed. Because when the spirit of covetousness, when it comes upon a person, you will find that the only thing you can think about is the object of your greed. I mean, that spirit comes and takes over your life. The only thing you're concerned about is what you're lusting after. And two, you will find that you'll lose all interest in God and the things of God. Your mind, you know what? You'll be just like you were before you got saved. You'll be in the flesh. You'll, be, you, you'll go back into carnality. I didn't say you would lose your salvation. Amen? I didn't say that. I didn't say that. I said... You will lose all interest in God and the things of God. And you'll be so into lusting whatever it is that you're lusting after that the things of God, they just won't interest you anymore. God won't even be on your mind anymore. You won't be thanking the Lord Jesus continuously. You won't be praising him and magnifying. It'll be a miracle if you sit down and read the Bible. And if you try to read the Bible, it'll have no interest to you. You won't get nothing out of it. You'll read it. It'll, be, it'll seem like dead letter to you. You'll, leave, you'll lose all it. And prayer, you can forget. You'll forget you won't even know how to, how to even say, how to even pray. Amen? And as a result of that, listen, listen, as a result of that, you will lose your soul. You will lose your soul because all you'll be able to do is concentrate and enjoy that which you're greedy for. And, and, and that which you're greedy for will never satisfy you because in, even in the book of Ecclesiastes, it says that the person who loves money shall not be satisfied by money. If you're really lusting and greedy for something, you never see that's that's one of the dangers 
of the love of money. There's many dangers to the love of money, the greatest of which is right there in that scripture, that the love of money is the root of all evil. Well, that's true. That's true. But another another result of the love of money is that you lose your own soul. And Jesus says, what does it profit a man if he should gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Now, let me qualify that for a moment. I am not here, I am not talking about your spiritual, your spiritual man, okay? That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about your soulish realm, your mind, your will, your emotions. Your mind will be wrapped up. That your soulish realm in your head, you understand? I'm not talking about your soul, your spirit, man. That's the, if you've asked Jesus to save you and you got truly saved, truly saved, amen. You're not going to lose your salvation, beloved, but you can lose your soul. What that means, your soulish realm, you're not thinking about God and the things of God anymore. You don't want to go to church anymore. You don't want to read the Bible anymore. Anything spiritual you're not interested in, it doesn't excite you anymore. You don't get anything out of reading the Bible anymore. You don't get anything about God and the things of God. You forget to pray. You forget to pray. You forget a whole bunch of stuff. Why? Because your mind is so wrapped up. Have you? Okay, I'll give you an example of what I mean. I'll give you an example of what I mean. Uh, Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Okay. Before God delivered me from chess, I used to like to play chess. And when chess came out online, you could play chess online. My goodness, I thought that was just the coolest thing. But there was a strange thing about about playing chess online. And that was the amount of time that would go by. I would be thinking that I've only been playing chess for 20 minutes, maybe a half an hour at the most. When I looked up at the clock, I've been playing for four hours. I didn't realize how much time went by. And that's one of the reasons why I asked them, please, Father, deliver me from chess. Because I was enjoying it so much. It steals your time. You, you'll be online and think you've only been on there 10 minutes, and you've been on there for hours. Amen? Now, now that's another that's a whole nother thing. I'm talking about I'm using that as an example of when a person loses their own soulish realm toward God, the soulish realm toward God. Amen. They'll they'll forget to pray because they'll think, Oh, I got I'll do that, I'll get around to that and they'll get so involved in the thing that they love, not realizing that six, seven, eight hours has gone by. They haven't acknowledged God. They haven't prayed. They haven't done their morning devotion. They haven't done their 12 noon devotion. They ain't done their evening devotion. They have not gotten into the word. And when it gets time to go to church, they might go to church, probably not, but they might force themselves to go to church, but they don't get nothing out of it. Amen. Why? Because while the choir is singing, their mind is on uh, whatever it is that, that the object of their greed, they're thinking about how to make money or how to acquire, whatever it is. It doesn't have to be money, but whatever is the object of their greed, they're thinking about that. When it's time for praise and worship, 
their mind is on that thing that they're that they're coveting after. Amen. They literally lose their soul. I say again, not to be redundant, but so that somebody don't misunderstand what I'm saying. When I when I'm using the, the word soul here, I'm not talking about your spirit man. I'm talking about the soulish realm, your soulish realm. Remember that in the Bible, death means separation. In the world, they say death is cessation of life. But we find in the Bible that death means separation. For instance, at death, physical death, we separate from our body. If we're born again, our spirit man goes with Jesus. If we're not born again, our spirit man goes down to hell. You understand? And then spiritual death is being separated from God in hell. And then eternal death is being separated from God, being thrown in the lake of fire for eternity. Amen? And so when you lose your soul, your your soulish realm, you're separated from God and you die, meaning die to the things of God, die to the desire for God. You lose your soul. You die to the things of God. Jesus didn't say, take heed and beware of covetousness for no reason. Because if you greatly lust after something greatly to the point where you almost kill for it, you you hook and crook to get it. You just got to get it. And that spirit of covetousness comes on you. That spirit of covetousness comes on you. When that spirit comes on you, you literally will do anything to satisfy your greed, whatever it is you're after. You will do anything to satisfy that. You will lie, cheat, kill, break all of God's commandments. That spirit of covetousness will, will, will motivate you to do anything to satisfy your greed. When Jesus said, beware and take heed of covetousness, he was not kidding. I'm up against a commercial. I'll be right back. Hold on. I'll be right back. Hold on. We're going to get into some good stuff. Hold on. Do you need tile installed in your home or business? Then John Robinson Tile LLC is the company for you. We have over 60 years of experience installing tile. We do bathrooms, kitchens, and so much more. Give us a call at 803-529-0092. Check out our website at www.johnrobinsontile2.com. Visit us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, too. Just search J-Rob Tile or John Robinson Tile. We're licensed and insured and Schluter certified. If you need tile installed, we are your company. We believe in laying hands on everything that we do. That's John Robinson Tile Installation Service for new and old homes. Renovation of kitchens and bathrooms installs all types. That's John Robinson Tile, the number two, dot com. Beloved, we're looking at Proverbs 21, 26, and we're considering what Jesus said when he said, Take heed and beware of covetousness. Amen. Glory to God. And we discovered that covetousness was was, uh, uh, greatly desiring or having a greed 
You're greedy for something, and you'll do anything. You get to the place where it evolves and gets stronger and stronger and stronger until you, the, a person gets to the place where they, they'll do anything for the object of their greed. Amen? And if you look at Proverbs 119, Proverbs 119 says, So are the ways of everyone that is greedy of gain, which taketh away the life of the owner thereof, which taketh away the life of the owner thereof. It takes away your your soulish realm, your the life life your, the, the when when your mind is on God, Amen, and the things of God, you're experiencing life. You're joined to Him. You're joined to Him. But when your mind is on something else, you lose your life, your soulish life. You lose your life. You don't think about God anymore. And in Proverbs one nineteen, it says the Bible says that greed takes away your life. That's why Jesus said, "Beware of this. Beware. This is like a this is like a pit viper, a cobra, a snake. This thing will kill you. It will take your life, your soulless life. Okay." It will take your life from you. Amen. You'll get so cold to the things of God, you'll literally, you'll literally be in death, meaning separated from God and the things of God in your soulish realm. Amen. And then let's go to Mark 7. Mark, the gospel of Mark. Mark 7, 20. Let's look at Mark 7. 20. Mark 7.20 says, and he said, who's he? Jesus. And Jesus said, that which cometh out of the man, that defileth the man. For from within, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, covetousness. Covetousness, wickedness. Look, look what covetousness is 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 uh, lumped in with, lumped in with evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All these evil things. Come from within and defile the man. Amen. So we see that greed and covetousness, not only can you lose your soul, but they defile you. They can defile you. Now go to First Timothy. Go to First Timothy three. First Timothy three one. And first Timothy three one it says, This is a true saying. If a man desire the office of a bishop, he desireth a good work. A bishop then must be blameless, the husband of one wife, vigilant, sober, of good behavior, given the hospitality, apt to teach, not given to wine, no striker, not greedy, not greedy, not greedy. So a bishop, one of the things it says is, he should be not greedy, a filthy lucre, but patient, not a brawler, not covetous, not covetous, not covetous, 
So we see a qualification. One of the qualifications for a bishop is not covetous and not greedy. And then in that same chapter, 1 Timothy 3.8, it says, likewise must a deacon. So we're talking about officers in the church, if you will. It says, likewise must the deacons be grave, not double-tongued, not given to much wine, not greedy, not greedy, not greedy of filthy lucre, not greedy. So the, 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 the bishops have to be not greedy and not covetous, and the deacons have to be not greedy. Amen? Glory to God. Beware of covetousness, for the end of that thing is the loss of your soul. If you great de- greatly desire, see, that's another reason why God wants us to set our love on him, because he knows that we're emotional creatures. But he knows that emotions going in the wrong direction can hurt you, can destroy you. Amen? Glory to God. So let's go back to Proverbs. Let's go back to Proverbs, and let's go to Proverbs 21. Proverbs 21. Glory to God. We want to go to Proverbs 21, 26. B. It says, he coveteth, the slothful coveteth greedily all the day long, but the righteous giveth and spareth not. The righteous giveth and spareth not. Glory to God. Now, why does it say that the righteous give and spare not? Why should we give and not loan? Well, there's a multitude of reasons why we should give. Amen? But I'm I'm thinking more in line of giving to someone. I'm not thinking about the giving in the church, amen, like tithes and offerings and first fruits, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, uh, I'm talking about uh, giving between you and someone else. Someone else uh, wants a loan, amen? Well, why should we give and not loan and not give a loan? Because, beloved, and you have to think deep on this. I'm going to say it, but after the program's over, you think about it. When you loan, beloved, you change the relationship. Now, the Bible says that the righteous giveth and spareth not. We give, amen? We give. Why? Because we have wisdom. We have, see, the world, they want it back. When they give something, they want it back. First of all, they want a whole lot of credit. They want everybody to see, look what a wonderful person I am. And then they want it back. And then if it's the commercial world, not only do they want it back, but they want it back with interest. Amen? But the Bible says we give and spare not. Amen? Why? Listen to the reason why we give and and not loan. Because when you loan, you change the relationship. You change the relationship. Go to Proverbs 22.7. You're in the 21st chapter. Go to 22.7. In Proverbs 22.7, it says, The rich ruleth over the poor, 
and the borrower is servant to the lender. Now, that word in the King James is servant, but in other translations, it it says that the borrower is slave to the lender. So let's say you have a friend, amen? You have a friend, and they want to borrow uh, $20, okay? I would say, it, uh, based on the wisdom that I know from the Bible, I would say to give the person the $20. Why? Because if you loan them the $20, the Bible says the borrower is slave to the lender. So now, without realizing it, you change the relationship when you loan the person the money. The Bible says so. The borrower is slave to the lender. So have you ever wondered why you loan people money and they avoid you and don't want to see you? Because without realizing it, you change the relationship. Now, if I'm sitting at uh, turkey dinner on Thanksgiving and I look across the table, I recognize that I owe you $20 that, I, you know, I'm in the rears. And you could call that loan in at any time. You're the master and I'm the, I'm the slave. Amen. I'm the servant. You could call it in at any time. Amen. Without, now you have to meditate this to see what I'm saying. You change based on the wisdom in the Bible. Proverbs 22, 7, that says, the borrower is servant to the lender. Before the relationship was friend to friend. But if I loan you the money, it changes. It goes from borrower, I mean, it goes from friend to um, master. You, you the slave, according to 22, your servant to the lender. Amen. You, without realizing it, that relationship has changed. And that's why people avoid you. I, I like to give people money. I really do. Now, there is times when somebody will say, no kidding, this is a loan for real. I'm not playing. This is a loan. I need the help. I so appreciate the help. I'm going to pay you back. Well, then I look for integrity in the person. I look for integrity. But if they don't pay me back, I don't sweat them. I just, I'm just concerned about their lack of integrity. But a whole bunch of times, I just give the money because I don't want to change the relationship. I value their friendship too much. I don't want that to change. I don't want them to avoid me. Then look in Romans 13.8. We finish up with Romans 13.8. Go to Romans. Go to Romans. And you already... When I said 13, you knew where I was going. You knew where I was going when I said 13.8. Because Romans 13.8 says, Owe no man anything. Owe no man anything. Well, if I loan you the money, you now owe me something. Amen? Once again, I've changed the relationship. There's something old in the relationship. We're still supposed to be friends, but there's something old. Amen? You owe me. The, don't you remember the $20 I gave you? There's something old. Uh, see, things have changed. That's why the Bible says the righteous 
with wisdom. We have wisdom. Now, if someone walks up to you and they and they and they say, uh, "I need help. I need help with my rent. I need uh, I need eight hundred dollars for my rent." Amen. And the Bible says, "For those that ask, turn not away." So, it doesn't tell you how much to give. What I like to do in that situation, I tell them, I say, well, I don't have $800, but I got $10. Will you receive that? And now it's up to them. If they say, no, $10 won't help me, I need $800. Well, I'm I'm prepared to give you, I can give you $10. Amen. I happen to have $10 on me or $20 on me. Amen. Glory to God. Why is that? Why do the righteous give? Why do the righteous, then there's times when you just flat out give somebody something. You want to give them some money. You want to bless them. Why? Because you realize as a Christian that when you bless a person, when you give something to someone, that that's a blessing. You know, many people are praying. They're praying. Okay, I I, I, I got two minutes. I can get this in. One time I needed a, uh, a particular um, laundry basket that you roll, uh, um, and I was looking for one. I couldn't find one anywhere. And so I was riding down the street, and this lady had one, but it was empty. So I pulled over, and I said, ma'am, I said, um, could you tell me where you bought that? That's exactly what I'm looking for. I've gone to all the stores. I can't find it. Can you t- tell me where you bought it? I'd like to go buy one from the store. She said, well, you can, I'll sell you this for $10. And I said, oh, you will? I said, okay. So I took out the $10 and gave it to her. And she said, well, she said, I thank you so much for that. I've been praying all morning that Jesus would bless me financially. And this, this, this answers the prayer. Amen. And so I reached in my pocket and I gave her substantially, substantially more money than she asked for. Why? Because when she said she had been praying to the Lord, asking him for a financial blessing, I recognized that, boy, I could be a blessing and bless her. Amen? See, the righteous know that there's people praying, and the manifestation of their prayers is a blessing. So the righteous giveth and spareth not. We're a blessing. Amen? You're a blessing because you give. Amen? See, the, the, the unsaved world that's walking in darkness, they give to get something back uh, uh, and with interest. Amen? Glory to God. They change relationships and wonder why things go awry because they're not walking in the wisdom of God. But we're the righteous. We have the, the wisdom of God, and we give and spare not. And when we give, we turn out to be a blessing. I'm over time. Bible has the answers. See you next week. Bye-bye now. I know the Bible is right. It's the Bible Has the Answers with Pastor Aaron B. Williams coming to you live every Wednesday at 7 p.m. I never had it. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. 
In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.